Hey guys, this is Jordan from NZ Audio Editors. Just wanted to give you a little bit of a rundown on what the show's about today. As Ryan would say, something a little bit different, quite interesting, and a bit of so-so-so. So, if you're an avid listener of the NZ Guide to Financial Freedom, you'll know Ryan well. He usually does the interviewing process for Greg Moyle. Uh, in this case, I was doing the interviewing of Ryan on a podcast that I like to call The Difference Makers Collective in conjunction with NZ Audio Editors. So this is an episode from that, something a bit different, and you probably get more of an insight into Ryan, the interviewer, rather than simply just his questions that he's asking Mr. Greg Moyle. Enjoy the show. Be sure to subscribe to NZ Guide to Financial Freedom and the Difference Makers Collective, where you'll find this show on that podcast platform as well. Enjoy. Yes, yes, come one, come all. It is, in fact, the Difference Makers Collective, and it is, in fact, episode number one. Uh, oh. I'm joined by uh, a very, very old friend of mine, and I thought, he's not actually that old. He's uh, only one month older than myself. But I think Experience. I think uh, nice. I think I think speaking from from my perspective, sometimes I feel old. Do you feel old, Mister Ryan Melton? How are you on the other end of the line, there, mate? Oh, exceptional! I only feel old when I go up and down stairs. Other than that, I feel uh, youthful and vibrant. <laughs> well, that's good because uh, stairs. Yeah, you want to be able to get up and down those. You know, there's a few things like escalators and lifts and stuff these days. Thank goodness for technology. <laughs> Well, we're um, we're based on Federal Street, and there's some escalators that save you having to go up the hill. Mate, and um, it's it's undercover, so I just go up there. I know the ones you're talking about as well. <laughs> Sorry for anyone who doesn't know Central uh, Central Auckland. Uh, that's where yeah, we're it. that's where we're based. I'm currently not in Central Auckland. We're talking on the phone. How long has it been since we've seen each other? Quite some time. Good old COVID. Yeah, not long enough. <laughs> hey. Mate, yeah, I know you dream about me, mate. I know you dream about me when when we don't <laughs> spend time together. So anyway, yeah. let's crack on. The reason I got you on is the, on the for the first episode of the Difference Makers Collective is because I feel like you're somebody who does in fact make a difference. Um, you made a difference to me as a friend over the years, and I think now in the in the sort of in the career path that you've taken with finance. Um, and the podcast that this will probably appear on, NZ Guide to Financial Freedom, you are making a difference in other areas of your life other than being a decent listening human being. So um, maybe do you want to give us a, a little bit of backstory and uh, talk about whatever you want to talk about and how you make a difference, Mr. Melton? Well, first I just want to say to the listeners, he's probably scraping the barrel on this one. Um, but we we do all try to make a, a little bit of a difference. Um, my 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 fascination is really around people and why they do what they do and help facilitate a better version of themselves. Finance is just an avenue to do that. Because I I remember um, I had what twenty dollars worth of yeah twenty bucks four days of food and a few nights of accommodation and it was after I travel around and had a lot of fun and I was starting to realize that once you you travel. Um, you and do everything you ever wanted. Um, it's quite unfulfilling if you don't have someone to share it with, or when you don't have purpose. Too right. Yeah. So here I was sitting there, um, didn't have any money. I figured, 
Well, I went to university for a year and mum said to me that she would uh, pay for it. I paid cash. And then uh, I never really like asking her for money. Um, so I figured, why don't I write up a plan and how I'm going to utilize that money because I was in a bad position. Mm. You know, if you're about to live out on the street with $20 worth of money. Yeah. Um, and also, obviously, four nights of accommodation. you got to start thinking on your feet. So I wrote this big, long-winded thing. Um, and worked out sort of what I wanted to do, and it was around helping people achieve emotional success. Uh, I, I say emotional um, really because uh, I feel like it's, it's subjective. You know, a lot of people sort of want financial success or they want to have a certain level of status or be perceived as having a good life, but internally they're empty. Okay. You know, they're rich externally, but internally they're empty. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking emotional success. So I, I, wrote, I wrote this big long thing, plan, broke it down, for the next five, ten years, and um, sent it to her and came back to me and she said, oh, this is hard to say, but the answer is no. <laughs> so I was cooked, mate. <laughs> what a looking pretty. I'm not used to talking so long on a podcast, man. I, mean, I feel like yeah, it should be a bit too enthro. You're usually the one doing the, uh, the interviewing, which is funny because it's all flipped around and now I'm doing the interviewing and you're having to do the talking, uh, but like Mr. Greg Moyle on NZ Guide. Yeah, or Greg Molly. Once you give him a question, he knows how to run with That's it. That's right. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got some uh, you've 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 got to keep up that that good trend that Greg Moyle set. Yeah. All right. I'll maintain it. Well, <laughs> so she said no, and I'm like, all right. Well, I've only got one choice: either give up or do something. Um. So I decided part of the plan was to build that business, and I wanted. Uh, I realized that it's not what you say but more who you are you can't be giving advice if you're not embodying that that advice so one of the things that was a challenge for me and my biggest fear was talking to people with an intention so going over asking for directions or if i, I see a beautiful girl going up and saying hi and getting no would be petrifying for me yeah um so i thought why not do commission only selling <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place for someone that's scared shitless <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so I got, I paid $2 for a tie. Um, I had one good shirt, uh, managed to put that in and then I researched these commission only, uh, selling companies and, uh, just rocked up after like, uh, understanding everything the manager wanted to see, like looked at Facebook, looked at his interests, the groups he was part of, uh, and then turn up and somehow got the job. No way. Yeah. And then, and then did that, did that for quite a while and it was in the charity space um and i remember the first time i I was sitting in a shopping center so we had to stop people in shopping centers or on the street or go b2b so i was that person no one really wants to talk to um and i remember the first time i've been sitting there taking religious notes like oh how do these people do it how do they talk and then they said all right you have a go so i went up um there was this guy he looked friendly and he was slow that's ideal makes it harder to you know you know like oh i'm gonna talk to him now i'm scared i'm gonna talk to him oh he's gone that's fine i don't have to do it but he was slower he had a bad hip so i couldn't uh make up any excuses so um (laughs) i went up to him and i went to shake his hand because that's what they do and i just broken it down because when you're in complete stress stress zone um it's really hard you sort of have to rely on habit and discipline like brain surgeons, they wash their hands exactly the same way before they go in to do surgery. Yeah, right. Um, because it, it habit um, disconnects the emotional aspect of it. 
so you, you don't overthink it. You just go into to robot mode. Um, so I went to shake his hand, but he had something in his hands, and I didn't expect this. He was carrying groceries. Can you imagine that, though? They're carrying groceries in a supermarket, though. Oh, that sounds madness. Well, I mean, didn't did you did you did you see but not see the groceries just based on your the nerves? You know, like was it a groceries are kind of big unless you're carrying a like a, <laughs> like an Easter egg or something, then it can be in the palm of the hand, squeezed up and uh, getting to ideal semi-melted temperature. But if you're carrying a shopping bag, you can't shake the man's <laughs> hand. And if he's got a bad hip, he might also have something else bad and not be able to lift his arm up to shake yours with something heavy in it. Ryan, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, it's sort of like Star Trek, you know, when they go they go real fast warp speed. You sort of, you only see the destination. All everything else is subsidiary, you know. Yeah, no, it's funny. So- it's, isn't it funny though how that does happen? Like it's not. We we joke about it, but you're so kind of caught up in the in that in that moment and how you're feeling that moment you just things that your eyes see kind of you don't actually see you know like the groceries well well that that, that's actually how the brain works like if you look at something and then quickly look to the side you realize that your brain just blurred out the detail um because it's just too much to take in all the time so it has to be energy efficient not in this case. Obviously, you should notice he's got groceries. But just if you just try the, the listeners at home, look right and then look left really quick and then tell me what you saw in the middle. I'll tell you, it'd be nothing. You, you yeah, just saw right. what was right and you saw what was left. I just tried it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good video. <laughs> Yuri's getting recorded <laughs> on video. Mine's not. So you're going to have yeah. to try it to demonstrate. I did it. I did it a couple of times and realized it was being filmed. And then you got self-conscious. <laughs> Okay, tar- carry on the story, mate, and tell me about right. making that difference. Well, um, so I was a problem solver, and I went and shook his thumb. <laughs> um, so I was shaking his thumb, and he's looking at me like I was some strange human being, um, which is probably accurate at the time. <laughs> Still accurate, if you ask me. You make a difference, <laughs> but you're a bit strange. I think everyone's strange. Yeah, I suspect, you know, people that have had a colorful life are the ones that want to help. Um, because they've been through something similar mm. but yeah so i'm shaking his hand and they taught me i was like oh what do they teach you ryan oh yeah you got to build a relationship um build rapport and he asked me what are you doing and i said oh uh, building a relationship <laughs> while i was shaking his thumb and he's looking at me like i'm completely lost and he felt sorry for me and he signed up Hey, so I just wanted to tell you about a special offer that's coming your way, our listeners' way from NZ Audio Editors. So right now you can get your setup costs valued at $799. You can get that for free right now. It's a special post-COVID-19 jumpstart package for other businesses. If you want to get involved in podcasting, you need to reach out to NZ Audio Editors. You can find them at nzaudioeditors.com. You will not regret it, I can tell you that much. It really is a pleasure to work with these guys. And uh, as their slogan suggests, they make your voice heard. And I feel like now is a great time to be using podcasting to make that happen. Let's get right back to it. So yeah, I slowly started to work that out, like how to manage myself, how to deal with the fear. And um, I was fortunate to be in a managing role um, where I was able to help the direction of a team of 15 and help train them. So going from can't even shake a hand to being able to teach people is quite cool. 
and um, over that time raised about two to three million dollars for charity. Nice. But unfortunately, it rubbed me the wrong way because I was helping some of the top charities in the world and realized um, a lot of the money's not spent in an efficient way. Like uh, a famous charity in Australia, all the, the money um, that would go to, like, say, like a, a clothing store where they sell clothing there and you donate your clothes. Right. Um, all that money they raised millions of dollars went to administration. Yeah. It's a such, it's the brutal reality of a lot of charities, I think, is that they just, that there's a heavy undertone of trying to do the right thing but the reality is that the the business and money creeps into it more than it should you know up the top especially i think yeah and that's the tricky thing like because i can understand from a business mindset to make something sustainable and be able to help a lot of people i mean you got to be smart with the money i mean mm. you got to potentially to hire good people you need to have good money Um, but yeah it just sort of left a sour taste in my mouth and i sort of was a bit off it um so i sort of went down the the track of helping people when i come across them okay so so do you think the the fact that you you do help people in that sense like when you come across them did that stem from that one moment where you shake a guy's hand and then from then on you're doing commission only sales you're coming across people and essentially trying to solve a problem that they didn't realize they had sort of thing? It was actually um, reversing, reverse from that. Like, uh, So I, I sort of didn't understand how to manage my own mind in terms of emotions and that sort of thing prior to selling. And then also I was really empathetic to other people. So I'd feel too much of what they feel. So someone comes over and cry and I'll cry with them. Right. And it's not really helping them. It's just adding to the problem. Um, but that's, that's really stemmed from. So I, I did commission only selling because I wanted to understand how to influence people for the better and also how to deal with my own limitations. Okay. Um, so it's not so much that the selling drove me to want to help people. It was more I already had that. I just didn't know how. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's been quite an interesting journey. Like you, now with the finance, I mean, I feel like everyone should know this. It's with the podcast. That's why I wrote a book and we distribute it for free. I'm looking to try and get it into schools as well. That's an initiative Greg and I are working on because he's the um, the chairman on the board, trustees for um, Mount Albert Grammar, one of the biggest schools in New Zealand. Yeah. And um, what he does is he, with the year 10s, he does an hour a, a year and trying to help them with financial literacy, but it's not enough and we've got to sort of tailor it so it's more relatable to them. Um, I think your book probably is too, you know? Your book is quite relatable and probably... Um, directs better at a wider range of audience and people, you know, like teenagers in school, I don't think they'd find it overly um, boring or I don't think it drags on. I think a lot of financial literacy books kind of would and getting keeping our teenagers engaged and things like that is really difficult. So I think even, and I, and I think what, what you're suggesting even there is that you're making a difference in that sense like you've written a book and which was a impressive achievement on its own um and straight away you're making a difference because you're making it relatable to um you know more more people than finance potentially would be and then you're using your initiative to try and get it into schools where it can make more of a difference so like it's interesting from my perspective as your friend coming from like 
the empathy that you talk about and the the different you know like i come to you and say bro something going on in my life we talk about it whereas this is different it's like um targeting a wider audience on something that's um arguably a more fundamental issue so like finance retirement planning for your retirement all that sort of stuff smart investment i think we all believe um who know about the project that it it should it should be common knowledge people just don't want to they don't want to listen or read or watch about finance so i think it's it feels like to me sort of like you're channeling um you're still like you said at the start of this podcast you're using um you're kind of using finance to help people and i think this the book's a good example of that yeah i mean because like there's one thing you could walk around saying you're a life coach and it, it sounds i don't like the sound of it, and there's a huge competition and it's not financially sustainable because i, I want to be able to i want to be able to help people i want to be able to live the life i want and support the people i care about um but it has to be financially sustainable so i, I just use finance as an avenue because most people that come through our doors, they're not out their concerns isn't necessarily finance related. Sure, they have funds they want to invest. Sure, they we protect them from the unknown, like uh, getting understand their insurance or the the structuring of their affairs, so that they can protect their their family from creditors. Or if there's a relationship breakup, it's make sure it's shared evenly and it's fair. Mm. Um, so all that's all that's really just an avenue to, to help them with their goals, their vision, support them through the tough times like COVID-19. I mean, a, a lot of people relied solely on an income or they were chasing returns and now they're in a bad way. I mean, all our clients, all they do is just call us. We we hold their hand through it and they, it pays dividends in the long run. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone should know that. They don't, one, because it's inaccessible, because it's not that exciting to read about or hear about. Um, two, there's a we sort of want to protect it with jargon, so people in our industry will use big words to make it sound like it's inaccessible to the public. But a lot of people can learn this themselves. We want passive investors, uh, people that just want it looked after and they can enjoy their life. Because a big part of what we do really is just helping them spend money, if anything. Yeah. When they get different in a generation, where they our can. generation. Yeah, I mean, our generation can spend money easy, but the the older generation that. They'll cut a slice of bread and four just to save it for longer, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a different... The way we consume, eh? It's changed. And the the people now who, or in 10 years, for example, who will be reaping the benefits of those early investments sort of 30, 40 years ago for somebody with somebody mm. like Greg, probably you'll find are very hesitant to actually spend the money because their mindset's... Uh, sit in the past kind of yeah no, you get that i mean i think it's one of the biggest concerns for humanity i would say outside from pollution and potentially war but i think the nuclear weapons act is a deterrent for that mm. but people don't realize how little the pension is um they don't realize the the demographic spread how we're all getting older and there's less people to fund the lifestyle of these older people um, so it's not going to be pretty. I mean, I don't even know if we'll have a pension, you know? Well, yeah. I don't know how it's financially sustainable. They said they can fund it till 2030. They've got secured funds, but what about after that? Yeah. What happens then, yeah? 
And who wants to live off 20 grand a year? Oh. Net. Yeah. That's, an individual gets that, a couple gets 30,000. Oh, sweet, 15 grand each. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, <coughs> And I guess sort of tying those that concept into making a difference is sort of like if you can if you can set people up and get people thinking about like even myself i'm considering you know working with you guys i'm 29 and i i don't really want to have to worry about that stuff when i'm older um whether we're going to get a pension or not so the what you're doing um and the way that you structure it in a sense of the your kind of your biggest motto is um make money by not losing it you know um <laughs> yeah. and i think and i think being conservative but you know with things like managed funds and balanced portfolios that you guys work in just means that you're making a difference without the high level of risk um so yeah, that I don't know. That's kind of you got. I feel like you've got a lot of different avenues where you're influencing people. Um, you probably don't. You probably don't. You're quite humble. You wouldn't really say, "Oh, you know, I'm making a difference with this and that." But if you think about it, you you have to admit to yourself that you know it is making a difference, right? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, but I have an unhealthy obsession with understanding people and trying to help, like, um. I was in a really tough place um, not too long ago and I remember there was a point where I had to turn everything around um, and I was like, I was two grand behind every every week because that's how much I had to spend to make sales back in the day because mm. we'd go to um, like events and stuff. So you'd be two grand in the in the black and then also, yeah, obviously including that is your accommodation, your travel. So. So then I had all these bills I had to pay all of a sudden because the girlfriend left me and there was all this chaos going on and it was commission only selling and then 80% of the support staff got let go. And yeah, I wasn't exactly, you know, happy, positive, jumping around. Mm. Um, and then the only friend I had at the time because I'd moved back to Auckland was a, a good friend of mine and she was in a bad place because what happened in her relationships and she was... She was she was suicidal, right? And she started. Uh, she took morphine, and she was acting funny. And I couldn't work out why, and I kept pestering her, and she wouldn't tell me. And then eventually, like she's in a different country, so it was quite tricky. Oh, okay. And the the event that I needed to run the next day was like going to turn everything around. Otherwise, you know, it wasn't going to be good. And um, yeah. So I found out she'd taken morphine, and I, I just you know stuck by her, made. And the only thing that, the only thing that stopped her was to say um, that her, I'll tell her family if, you know, I'll get, I'll make sure her family turn up the next day okay. if she continues with this. And she was so worried um, about burdening them because a like, person going through that in a really dark place, they um they they just assume that they're um not worth anything and it's people they're better off gone. Yeah, right. and um, when she, she realized that, like, you know, it's going to directly impact her family if she did it, um, and yeah, it stopped her. And then I had to go the next day and do the speech, half asleep because up till four a.m. helping yeah. her. And that's the proudest moment of my life, you know. Like I've I've made good money, I've done cool things, I've traveled to seventeen countries, but 
her still being here and she's she's pregnant and she's uh, married and she's happy and i mean just just because you're able to be there at the right time because when someone's going through that the best thing you can do is just make sure they don't make any permanent decisions so yeah that whatever happens from here and now whatever events i've done or community things i've had or charity i help that's still you know that's up there man yeah and and if that's not um the true definition of making the difference then i don't know what is mate so i think you undercut yourself a bit there's a reason i got you on this show you know i think i think honestly the reason i kind of kicked this off and wanted to get this up and running is because i think there's probably quite a few stories um in a similar sense basically saving somebody's life and they're just not shared and you know, you know, like the amount of conversations that you and I have with the networking events and things that we go to, and you just think, man, this person's story is amazing, and like the things that they're doing for others, or you know, I guess that's where this whole concept stemmed from. And uh, here we are, episode one, and hopefully, there's it's going to be a real thing where people feel empowered by the sort of conversations that we talk about, um, and I think. Starting with this, it's going. I, I feel like it's uh, it is in fact empowering, and it, you are, you know, making a difference in those different ways. Can I ask you something? Like, what? Who are the people in your life um, that have influenced you to be what I guess what we would call and generalize in this podcast as a difference maker? Hey guys, I just wanted to take a little bit of a break in the action to tell you about NZ Audio Editors. They are in fact the driving force behind my sensual and my guest sensual voices if you need any of your editing stuff done when it comes to audio you really want to reach out to these guys if you're worried about podcasts audio books how do i do this how do i do that they'll be super supportive and put you at ease so that you can get your product off the ground you can find them at nzaudioeditors.com where you'll be able to locate all of their contact information and really find out what they're all about. What I would recommend is not letting poor audio get in the way of your professional product. Time to get back to the episode. Yeah, I'd was, I was say family. I mean, I don't like my sister much, but I respect <laughs> her a lot. Um, for one, she, she's a huge, huge advocate um, of making difference. She's made a huge difference. She watched... Um, she just watched this documentary chilling at home because she's a bit of a homebody, mm. and um, it was about orphaned um, kids in Ukraine. Um, so they sort of see them as subhuman if they've got some sort of deformity, and then they go to the state, and the state just doesn't have capacity to look after them. So you got all these sort of kids that are deformed. Right. Um, I don't know the right word for it, but okay. they they and they're starving. You know, they can't afford to feed them. It's pretty awful. Mm. And so she watched this. So, all right, that's, that's amazing. I want to help. Raised all this money. Flew over to Ukraine. Worked with them. <laughs> um, and th- that's horrible. Like, you, you, see the, you see a child in absolute agony, and she's got a good heart. And she, she's working, like, cleaning them, looking after them, feeding them. Um, and now she's, uh, she's on the board um, for the charity. It's called Myers Hope. And she does all their social media, raise money for them. And um, even though she loves seeing the kids and going over there, uh, she she stopped that because she realized she could make more of a difference by yeah. having that funds go directly to them. Right. That um, makes sense, yeah. 
So she's one. Mum's another one. Yeah. Um, she she's always. I call dad for the intellectual logical stuff. I call mum for the happy integrity sort of yeah. you know, kumbaya sessions. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's always been the the guiding line in terms of what's um like. There's there's a few mottos. She says work harder than the person next to you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the best looking, the most intelligent, but if you work harder than everyone else, you're going to win. Yeah. Um, She doesn't like, she doesn't complain. I remember uh, she carried a, she used to love carrying uh, packs and going tramping. And she says, the pack's not the right weight if it doesn't make your shoulders go numb. (laughs) (laughs) So so there's this older lady walking around with a pack. Like, this is like 80-kilometer walks, mate. You ran it. You ran yeah. the, um, was it, Heafy? The Heafy, yeah. Yeah, she's carrying this 20-odd-kilo pack with bung <laughs> knees. Um, and, yeah, they just, um, just really embodies who she is. And, like, right now she's helping improve the waterways, which is a huge problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, for farmers, so she's, yeah, yeah, she's a good person. And Dad's a quick-witted and sweetheart, but he, he doesn't show it as... Um, as, uh, yeah, it's not as outwardly obvious because he's a smart ass before he's a kind person. Right. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a great, great guy. And, um, like he, he would visit his mum every, every two weeks for 30 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good softy. Passion. Yeah. It's interesting. So I think, I think what I'll find doing these interviews is that, and I'll ask a similar question to everyone, is that it will stem from different things, and it sounds like yours is kind of instilled in you from uh, the the desire to make a difference is instilled in you by your family, and I think others will have maybe traumatic events or um, enlightening events or all kinds of different... um, They have a moment in their life where they think, far out, like, I need to do something else. And I think everyone has those, and... Um, whether that is the main reason or not will be really interesting um, as these shows go on and finding out where the desire comes from to make a difference. Well, from what I've noticed is like um, one of the most powerful things you get from hardship is empathy. You know, it's very hard to understand or feel motivated to help someone if you haven't been through it. Mm. Um, I think that's a huge contributor. And I, I always talk about every time I meet a psychologist, I say, oh, you're a psychologist, so wounded healer. Yeah, and they they always have this sort of realization on their face because on some level, when they were younger, the people around them were going through a hardship, um, or themselves, they didn't know how to deal with their own mind, and so then they're motivated to learn how to help. Because to go to that level and that level of training, um, it has to be you have to be inspired in some aspect. Yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating uh, industry, really, psychology and counseling and things like that, and um. And I think, like you said before, to be able to empathize, you have to have been through some trauma almost yourself. Otherwise, you just can't relate. And uh, and I don't feel too differently. And there's some things I can really relate on, and there's a lot of things I can't. So um, that sort of resonates with me. But that's good. Even Buddha. Yeah. The Buddha of the story, you can finish up to you. No, no, mate. Tell me about Buddha, and then I'll ask you five questions. Oh, the segment, eh? Yeah, yeah. the segment. Uh, oh, I'm scared of that one. I, I, I made a point of reading them then forgetting them. <laughs> well, we'll have to see how it goes. <laughs> Tell me about Buddha, mate. Tell the listeners about Buddha. 
Well, I'm not. I'm not religious, but I, I like to take different ideas from different things because if it's lasted this long, there must be some truth to it or some symbolism. And um, Buddha, he was uh, part of a rich family, and his father was so afraid of exposing him to the darkness of the world, he wouldn't let him see suffering. Okay. Um, he protected him from, and then all of a sudden, um, Buddha got a taste of it um, by accident, and then realized, "Wow, what else do I not know?" And he just went out and then experienced all this suffering, and that was um, that was a huge motivator uh, hmm. for 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 him to help change the world. If it happened or if it didn't, I don't know. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Usually, usually um, the light is born from the darkness, but oh. Deep lines, mate. Cutting some deep lines here. <laughs> Quote. Fascinating. Well, I I very much um, appreciate you coming on, and it's been uh, it, it's been good. It's been a good first one, I reckon. Blow out the cobwebs. Um, the nerves probably won't go away, uh, especially from this perspective. This is the part where we realise we <laughs> You know, I hope that's not the case. Even though it's <laughs> locked down at the moment, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and you'd be surprised that some of the biggest, you know, 30 million sort of downloads a month. And the guy's like, look, at these times, there's things like human error come into a, a, a situation like a podcast. <laughs> and I've recorded this whole two hours session and I hadn't plugged in one piece of equipment. So the whole thing's recorded on my laptop computer, <laughs> my microphone. So... They've got time. Well, that's it. Um, they did. They just edited the audio, but he sort of, you know, he's such an iconic figure, and he had to explain himself. Uh, just the old human era, you know. Um, so, right, we've got mm. a segment. We're going to do this with every guest. Um, it's called the hidden question. It's going to be five questions that you've been uh, that you should have looked over and haven't done, but that's all good. <laughs> It'll be a laugh, and then there'll I be one it. question that. Um, is supposed to catch you off guard, but probably all six of these questions are going to catch you off guard by the sounds of it. So this is the hidden question. Uh, <laughs> <Six> <laughs> it's meant to be one, but let's call it six hidden questions for this episode. All right, question number one, mate. You You've been given an elephant. You can't sell or give away the elephant. What do you do with the elephant? Well, it'd be cool to ride an elephant for one, but... I Selling, selling needs to have an exchange of money. Um, and I don't want to be feeding a, an <laughs> elephant all the time. So what, what I would do, I would barter the elephant. I would trade the elephant for something okay. else. Um, my car needs an update, so I feel like that's a good trade, provided that the elephant is well serviced and looked after. So I'd hit up the Auckland okay. Um And then I, I'll trade all it right. in for something. Good answer. Something, a very uh, financially savvy answer there, mate. <laughs> I'll take it. And I'll you haven't it. given it away either. You've you've done an exchange. You've traded it. Okay, I'll give you some credit for that. <laughs> question number Sweet. two. There, there's also a question around that that's similar in a job interview, but maybe okay. we'll save that for another time. Question number two. You, okay, on this one, you can choose whether you explain or whether you leave the audience hanging and just let them think about it. If there was a book about your life. What would the title be? Ah, well, that, that's that's a challenge because um, that's a question I, I actually yeah. use often. Um, so, okay, I, there's five hidden questions. I knew that <laughs> one well. 
And my first instinct when someone called, asked me that was, uh, life's too serious to take it serious. Nice. I don't know if I stand by that, but just to make it fair to the future guests, I better say what I said on the spot. <laughs> fair play. No need for explanation. <laughs> Let them think about it. Life's too serious yep. to take it serious. Yeah, they'll probably think I'm just lazy, slack, or they might think it's about perception and not buying into the narrative of everything's hard. Like uh, Pittacus, actually I'll explain it. Pittacus, he, he talks about famous philosopher, man doesn't suffer by a crisis, but by his interpretation mm-hmm. of it. Good call. So that's, if you don't get that, then I'm sorry. That's, that's the point of it. Well, these questions are meant to be thought-provoking, and um, I think that one really is. Question number three. If you, would choo- if you could choose yeah. one dinner guest, who would you choose and why? Okay, I'm starting to remember <laughs> these questions. Um, well prepped. Well prepped. I appreciate well, it. Yeah. Hmm. It's between two. It's either Carl Jung, which was one of the pioneers of psychology, and if you read anything written by him, like he helped predict mm. World War Two based on his um, counseling sessions. He's an insane dude. Um, either him or Tesla. So like Tesla made all these incredible inventions, and then um, he didn't get the credit. And he was one of the most incredibly intelligent, creative individuals I've ever read about. So it's either those two, but I think. I don't know if Tessa speaks English, so I'll okay. just go with Carl Jung. Fair, that's a good way to de- decipher uh, whether whether you're going to have dinner with them or not, whether they can speak the language. If Google Translate only gets you so far. Well, when you travel, you learn how to do body language and the uh, sub language of the world. Ideas. Interesting, though, the, the Tesla yeah. story is a crazy one. Eh? I think you actually told me about that for the first time. Fascinating stuff. Yeah, and people probably think, oh, if you've read about him, how do you not know if he speaks English? All right, I'm crumbling under the, the hidden question. <laughs> question number four. If you could choose to be an animal, which one and why? Oh, see, the thing, the life of an animal is pretty tough. Like, sure, I'd like the characteristics of a tiger out there, lone wolf chasing things. Um, but you, you want someone to support you and look after you but still have a bit of freedom. So I'd want to be, I reckon, a dog, well looked after, that lives out on a farm or breaks out of the house quite often without (laughs) the family knife, comes back, goes meets the neighborhood. Good shout. (laughs) Be a dog. I think think it stems, both of us, it stems from being dog lovers. So, um, yeah, Yeah, I can can see why you went there. Question number five of the uh, questions that aren't actually hidden but are hidden to you. <laughs> you, this might be a tricky one. Like I'm a I'm a food guy. If you could choose your last meal, which would it be? You have to pick a starter, a main, a dessert, and a drink. All right. Well, see, this is going to turn people people the wrong way. But for the main, I always love. Dad makes this mean lamb roast with potatoes, mm. waddies, peas, cheese. The cheese I add in there. This is where people start <laughs> losing me on this gravy. I put it into a sandwich, mate. It's fucking beautiful. Um, in terms of a, an entree, I don't know. I feel like you just want to clear out your palate to truly enjoy that that, that sandwich. Mm. I do love me nectarines. I, I don't think I'd go to a, a restaurant and have them serve me nectarines. <laughs> Either that or um, some wedges, you know, quite, quite, quite filling, good value. Um, so I'll go with that. What else is there? Drink and a dessert, was yeah. it? Yeah. 
Two to go. Or Banoffee Pie, mate. Oh, great choice. Mate, and that maybe, might even be mine, eh? Good call. I've been getting on the, the the soda, water, and lime bandwagon. No sugar in that. But if I'm being honest with myself, maybe a chocolate milkshake. Oh, so I'm really oh, showing yeah. my age there, the, the young aspects of my psyche. Chocolate milk. <laughs> hey, look. Chocolate milkshakes uh, are one of those timeless things, you know? Timeless. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah. If McDonald's like, has still got chocolate milkshakes on the menu and Big Macs, it means that they're timeless. If McDonald's are still doing it, you can still have it as your last drink, mate. Wow, that's that's a horrible gauge. <laughs> the epitome of gourmet eating. Yeah. It's the epitome of uh, yeah. So would you? I, I'm I'm just I wasn't suggesting that you would in fact get a chocolate milkshake from McDonald's, but is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? <laughs> Are you suggesting that's the case? Oh, I wouldn't dare, mate, with uh, your expertise being a, a cook in a famous French restaurant in London. I wouldn't dare say such a thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, well, I'll, I'll think about whether I believe that afterwards. Uh, there's one question to go. It's supposed to be the hidden question. The question is... Uh, What's the one of your most memorable stories from traveling? So you've been to 17 different countries, as you said earlier. Just hit us with one memorable story uh, from that time. All right. Well, the, there was about five different stories that went through my head. I'm like, nah, I can't say <laughs> But we'll go with, um, yeah, there was amazing things. So we made, um, this was back when I was drinking. We lived in Byron Bay, and there's all these great people around there, and we're all sitting down, um, and we made 90 standard drinks in this big tub of punch. 90? And we're just, yeah, it was up there, and we're just sitting there having a drink, talking to random people walking, because it was like the main street of this town in Byron Bay, (laughs) and we're just spinning absolute yarns with these people, and it was awesome, and then went out had an incredible night interacted with all these different people and you get five dollar meals at cheeky monkeys shout out to that <laughs> you can get like what is it half yeah like a pound of chicken wings for four bucks and some chips <laughs> how many chickens so, is that yeah we don't we don't worry about the poor chickens it's, <laughs> may they rest in peace they died for a good cause so you smashed so. out that and then um yeah met a few nice people and then the next day, I woke up just having the, the night of my life. I mean, this isn't the most entertaining of stories, but once again, I've got to be pub, uh, wear a public image, and uh, <laughs> some people may not want to hear of uh, the shenanigans of which uh, actually goes on traveling. <laughs> but you get out, I got up in the morning, didn't feel hungover at all, and and the sun, like I, I just sort of like half slept, wasn't tired, woke up, and the sun was rising. And I was on a surfboard. Byron Bay, one of the best places you can surf, I reckon, when there's no one around. Mm. And um, there was a, a dad dolphin and a, a mama dolphin and a baby dolphin. Crazy. Like within a few meters. And um, I was just catching waves after having an amazing night, just thinking. Like, I didn't even have to work back then. I was just thinking, well, this is Good just times. amazing. You had a moment. You had a moment that a morning. Moment. Yeah, fair. Oh, you haven't told me that. And question, can you even surf? Uh, yeah, right. Not oh, great. really? Can you stand up? Yeah, I learned when I was 15. Um, oh. But I've only ever surfed in Byron Bay, so I've been there three, four times on a longboard. So I can't do tricks or anything, but I can catch a oh, wave. That's, yeah. that's good, mate. I can't even stand up, but I'm working on it. 
Well, I can't catch a wave now. I can't even do monkey bars, I found out. <laughs> Did you try so, on during the lockdown period? Put a monkey bar. I tried I tried a while back and it was on a date and I was trying to oh. impress her because she, she went first and I was like, oh. oh, you can't even do it properly. That's useless. And then I went to do it. I couldn't even do one. I just fell off. <laughs> Things have changed. I used to enjoy rock climbing, do pull-ups at night. We're finished on a high, mate. We've concluded <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, you fell down and you're... You're you're in uh, you're down in the dumps, and she never thought the same of you ever again. Did you go on a second date? We did. We're all right. good friends now. Oh, there you go. What can you say? It all worked out for the best. Anyway, Ryan, thanks for having me. Ryan J. Melton. You can uh, find him on everywhere website. Um, what is it? Dub dub dub. Ryanjmelton dot com. Yeah. Oh, dot co dot nz. But if you just type. Ryan J. Melton and anything, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, Google, whatever, YouTube, you'll find it. I uh, appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to uh, share share the fact that you are making a difference and uh, hopefully some people may even approach you about making some financial difference. Um, sounds like what you're doing with the kids, with the with your finance book, with the getting it into the schools is a great idea, if you ask me. And uh, take good care of yourself. Uh, Till next time, everybody. Don't know who's going to be on next, but I'm sure it'll be enthralling. Toodaloo. Toodaloo.